Happy Mother's Day, moms. We love you. Super excited because Laura is co-teaching with me today for Mother's Day, and we're talking about a mom in Scripture. If you have a Bible, you want to get a head start, go to Genesis chapter 21, very first book of the Bible. We're in this series called Quarantined, and I realize here in Oklahoma, we're kind of coming out of quarantine. Well, honestly, many of us still aren't. We're like, no, I'm, I'm moving slow. Right. But I really believe that God is intentionally asking us to slow down to quarantine ourselves so that he can not only not only protect us in our health, but I think he wants to speak to us spiritually. It's not just about your physical health, but it's about your spiritual health. In fact, this is the year of rest. And so that's what this series is about. Let's slow down together. Let's not just rush back into life. God wants to speak to you. And through these people in the Bible, we're going to look at different people in scripture who have been quarantined. What can we learn from them? And by the way, quarantine is just another way of saying crisis or setback or, mm -hmm. or a hardship that you would go through. So Genesis chapter 21, I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to just kind of tell you the story of it. So Abraham... You may know the story of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac. You may never have heard of that before, but Abraham was the father of the nation of Israel. And God had given him a promise and said, you're going to have a son. The problem is he was old. Sarah was old. They couldn't have a kid. So Sarah says, you know what? Here, why don't you take my maidservant and, and, and make a baby with her? That's so weird. Doesn't sound like a great idea. <laughs> Bad idea. So what does Abraham do? He's like, and she was young and Sarah was old. And he was like, Okay, if you insist. I mean, it's like, it's just so weird. But it, so he does this and, and her name is Hagar. Hagar gets pregnant, yes. gives birth to a, a boy named Ishmael. And that's when the trouble began because Ishmael wasn't the promise. Isaac was to be the promise and they gotten ahead of God. And so Hagar raises Ishmael, but it creates this contention between yeah. her and Sarah and they they bicker back and forth and they're not getting along, which is really weird because women, that's not a problem for women at all. <laughs> they always get along. So anyway, and you add the baby to the mix. I, this is like reality TV here. And it gets to this point where the 10 years go by, over 10, actually over 10 years go by. Mm -hmm. And finally, Sarah gets pregnant. She has uh, gives birth to Isaac. Isaac is now being weaned and yeah. they're having this huge celebration, this huge party. And at that party, Ishmael, now a teenager, early teen, starts uh, making fun of Isaac. Mm -hmm. And that's the last straw. Sarah says, I can't take it anymore. And she goes to Abraham. She says, get rid of her. Yeah, that's actual her words. Get rid of her. And Abraham sends her and her son Ishmael. And by the way, Hagar is his wife at this time. Yeah. Which is odd to us, but that's how it was back then. It's very normal. Sends them out into the wilderness. Mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to look at today. And what I want to talk about today, what we want to talk about today is there are wells in the wilderness. There are wells in the wilderness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this moment that we have out in creation. We thank you for this time that we have wherever people are watching. I pray against distractions that you just help us all in this moment to hear what you have to say mm -hmm. to all of us. You have a message for us and we pray, God, for our moms today that that you would just honor them, God, that they, we would honor them, that they would know that they're beautiful and special to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. So during the uh, quarantine, Laura has always, um, well, she's always been a dumpster diver, but which is bizarre because you, you just don't fit the uh, profile of a dumpster diver. You're the last person anybody would think. But during the quarantine, you have upped your game and she has become a master. A master dumpster yeah, diver. I mean, we're having to schedule where what neighborhoods we're going through. Me and my aunt, my mom, 
because you know, face it, a lot of people have been cleaning their garage. This so is what you're I, seeing. Now tell me this. You're back it seeing, up here for a second. I gotta say, did you catch that? She's now got her mom and Aunt Mary in on this. And him. Just got the garage all cleaned out, just got plenty of space, which I guess you went, oh great, now I got plenty of room yeah. for people's junk. Yeah. So we have been scheduling when we're gonna go places to actually dumpster dive. But the best one was when my aunt slams on the brakes in downtown Broken Arrow because we see a literal dumpster and I'm ending up in the dumpster looking for something for your garden. You got in the dumpster? I got in the dumpster. Yes, I did. Yes. What? I wish we had a picture of it. It was What great. was it you found? What was it you were having it to go after? It was a potato box <laughs> and we were going to have you put flowers in it. It was perfect. Wow. It was perfect. But you know, I think that one of the reasons why that some people don't dumpster dive. Oh, no, wait, why most people don't. Why most people <laughs> don't dumpster dive is just because of where the stuff is at. It's by the curb. It's in the dumpster. Yeah. They can't visualize what it could be used for. That's the most bizarre thing for me, because when I walk by, all I see is trash mm -hmm. and you you will pause and you'll look and somehow you find a treasure in it. Yeah, I just look for it though. I'm looking, I'm hunting for it. I'm really not looking, I'm hunting. I think this, but I think this is what happens to people when they get in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a struggle or a setback is they get stuck and they get lost in it because they can't visualize like what it can become. Like yeah. all they see is hardship and they can't see any hope in what they're dealing with. They, they only see loss and they don't see opportunity. All you see, the pain, honestly, sometimes the pain is so overwhelming. You're like, I can't see a promise in any of this, you know, or like my life is trash. Mm -hmm. It's a wreck right now. And how can I even come close to finding treasure in that? Well, and within a crisis, God is always moving. He's always working. Yeah. But like you said, Brad, we, we don't always see it. That's so hard to understand that God yes. is actually working in the crisis. So the question is, do you see wells in the wilderness? Because I believe that God is digging wells in the wilderness. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. Is mm -hmm. So Hagar was in the wilderness. And when she was in the middle of the wilderness, she didn't have much, but... There was, a, there was a well there, but she couldn't see it. Look with, look with us at verse 14. It says this, So Abraham, this is just before he's sending her off, got up early the next morning, prepared food and a container of water, strapped them to Hagar's shoulder. So he's sending her off to the wilderness because Sarah said so. Then he sent her away with their son, and she what? Say this with me. She what? Wandered aimlessly, aimlessly in, in the, the wilderness. She's wandering aimlessly can you i just can't even imagine what hagar was experiencing well and you know in that time there was so there had to be so much emotional uh devastation you know i think uh that moms even can identify with back at you know when we're talking the story back at the ceremony uh the celebration they were having and when your kids act out like ishmael mm. did he was um he was saying things to about Isaac and it was hurtful and it was mean. And so I think that you're sometimes moms even take on like a false guilt. But in that moment, she not only had probably some false guilt for why did her son 
act out like that. But she jumped over that because then, I mean, her husband is Abraham. Yeah, this she is what's is crazy. Abraham's wife. And even though she realizes now Ishmael isn't the promised child, she lived for 10 years believing that he was. And your husband is packing your bags on your back. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's brutal. Yeah, that I think of a, emotional as a, turmoil. I think as a, a husband and a father, I just think about, I could never do that. And the rejection that Hagar must have felt. And then you said like, she lived with Abraham and was thinking, here we go with Ishmael. And yeah. so suddenly her purpose and her identity are completely stripped away. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is how we feel in these sudden crises. Mm -hmm. I think you probably noticed things even in the pandemic that there were sudden things that happened. I, I think in, in any crisis, really, I mean, some, sometimes you go through a relationship and you understand what that's like to feel that sense of rejection or you, or you go through a loss of a job and, and you, you feel the hardship of it. You feel the, the struggle of it. You feel the rejection and the despair. Uh, and Or sometimes it, it just has to do with a situation that is just overwhelmed you and You've just been stripped of your purpose and, and your identity. Like, what do I do now? Yeah, you know, I I think for some of you, you may know this, but uh, Brad and I, we, some of you may not, we have four kids. Yeah. And um, so for 30 years, we've been, over 30 years, we have been raising kids. We have been raising kids. We have been for raising kids. 30 years. But you know what I think <laughs> wait, about wait, that? Because I, I know our kids watch. It, it was it was great, but I mean that's it's thirty years of it's parenting. It's a long yeah. time. Yeah. It's a long time, but you know, in that, um, when I think back to all the special times as a mom, because I love being a mom, I I always was the person, the mom that brought the cupcakes in to the kindergarten class, and uh, the mom that uh, wore the mama skins when we were over at Union, the T-shirt, and when my sons were playing football, or um, Wearing all the garb that got the Tiger football games. This lady was all mom. I remember when they, this is her like taking the cookies in when they're in kindergarten. And then she becomes this mama skin and she's like, that's right. And I'm like, wait, where did this sweet little cookie mom go? Like where, yeah. from, from cookie mom to cookie monster. That's what you became. I mean, you were intense. You were like, I, we've all seen the moms, right? This was her at the game. I mean, you were... You were intense, and but you were all in as a mom. I, I, can I say this real quick? I remember we dated in high school, and you asked me, you said, what was it that attracted you to me in high school? And this is truth. I, this probably is not a very attractive saying, but I said, I knew you were going to be a great mom someday. I knew you were going to be a great mom. I remember when he told me that about 10 years ago, and I said, you what? Like that, but it's funny. Yeah. I guess that's what. But you were a mom, and we had four kids. and Yeah, and you know, those were just such amazing times. Uh, and then I remember when our youngest graduated high school and then eventually moved out. Man, you know, that word empty nester, mm. there's a reason they call that empty because there's a real emptiness that happens when you're not able to nurture. And even that identity. Yeah, not I, being I remember called, during that summer how you, I mean, it was a struggle for you. Yeah. You didn't go into some like a, a depressive state, but. I remember you were kind of wandering aimlessly like, well, what now is my purpose? Like, yeah. what, what, what do I, I do with all this nurturing that I love to do? And th th that's what happens to us in moments like this. You can lose your sense of purpose or identity and you feel a sense of rejection. It's just easy to lose your way mm -hmm. and wander aimlessly in the wilderness. And so just when it, you think it couldn't get worse for Hagar, it does. Verse 15, 
says this, when the water was gone, all the water's gone. She put the boy in the shade of a bush. Mm. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. Uh, in the Hebrew, it actually says about a bow shot away. She says, I, I don't want to watch the boy die. And then she just burst into tears. Man, I, this thought of what Hagar was going through, like she is literally watching her dreams die. She's watching her son die. She's mm. saying, I, matter of fact, I can't even watch it. I'm going to have to move away. That's what mm. scriptures say. That she said, I can't handle that kind of pain. And, you know, during this uh, pandemic, we have had to move away from people. So we well, nobody's doing it anymore, though. Well, we understand what we're supposed to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, we all understand physical distancing, except when the governor stood says, hey, it's a free-for-all. Everybody yeah. do it. Phase one. Can, can I just step on What happened to physical distancing? What, what happened to that? Yeah. But you're right. I'm sorry. We all understand physical Sometimes, distancing. Sometimes, And we, she physically distanced she herself. She did physically. Yeah. That's what the scripture says. But I think sometimes we also emotionally distance ourselves. Yeah. yeah. We can emotionally distance ourselves we get at work. We could just check out at yeah. work. Like you don't quit the job. You yeah. just stop working on the job. Or you can emotionally distance yourself in a relationship. Like you're yeah. still in it, but you're... You're just going through the motions. Yeah, you're it's not, not really. You're not really putting your heart into it. Yeah, I mean, you can take a dream that you have and just kind of stick it in a box and just kind of forget about it. Like Hagar, there's just a point in every struggle where you really do lose hope in yeah. that moment where you feel like you just want to walk away or maybe you do walk away. If you're taking notes this morning, here's something I want you to write down. God walks with you even when you walk away. Mm -hmm. God walks with you even when you walk away. We see this in scripture in the road to Emmaus. If you're not familiar with that story, after Jesus' crucifixion and then his resurrection, there were these two followers of Jesus and they were walking away from Jerusalem. They were, they were walking away from hope. They, they, they were devastated by what had happened and they were walking away from the dream of the kingdom of God and him being the Messiah. And it says this in Luke chapter 24, verse 15. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Think about that. They, these guys, they were, they were walking away, but Jesus was walking with them. Hagar was walking away, but God was walking with her. With her. You might be walking away, but God never walks away. Like, look, look at verse 17. Here's what it says in verse 17. Say this with me. But God heard the boy crying. God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Like, seriously, God? Like, what? You don't see? Like, I mean, we have no jobs. We have no food. Our pets' heads are falling off. I mean, it's, it's just like, do you not see it, God? Some of you are like, wait, what is that? Google it. It's a, uh, Google it. Basically, this is the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> she said, the angel says this, do not be afraid and say this next part with me. God has, has heard, heard the boy, boy crying, crying as he lies there. Go to him, comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. I think for Hagar, she's looking at, at Ishmael and she's just thinking like there's no hope. There's no one coming for us. They're mm. in the middle of a wilderness. They are completely alone. Mm -hmm. But the scripture says that heaven heard. Yeah. That heaven heard. God is with us in 
the wilderness. Yeah. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God hears your weeping in the wilderness. God hears your weeping in the wilderness. There is a point where all of us feel alone. Yeah. Where And you may be physically alone. Like nobody is supporting you. Nobody's helping you. And it feels like your prayers like, like Hagar are going unheard. But listen, Hagar, Hagar, she's completely alone. Like we understand yeah. this, even in this time of pandemic and uh, self-isolation. And there is a danger right now in isolation. In fact, they're saying right now that normally in a crisis, I didn't understand, didn't know this. Normally in a crisis or, or when there is a dev devastating tornado or storm, right. um, Actually, suicide and depression actually drops. Mm -hmm. It actually goes down because people rally together. Yeah, they gather. But psychologists and, and health experts are really worried right now because we're self-isolating during yeah. this and people are alone. And they are saying that the depression and um, and suicide rate yeah. are actually it increasing. Feeds that. It feeds that. That being alone is so bad. But what you have to know is you're not alone. Mm -hmm. yeah. Heaven hears you cry. Like God cares. He really does. He loves you. He's listening and he is right there. Look at verse 19. Then God opened Hagar's eyes and she saw what? Here it is right here. This is what we've been waiting for. She saw a well full mm -hmm. of water. Come on. There is a well in the wilderness. Turn to somebody in your apartment, in your house. Tell them there is a well in the wilderness. There's a well in the wilderness. Here's what I want you to write down. This is what I've been waiting for us to get to, okay? Listen, when I'm digging a grave, mm -hmm. God is digging a well. When I'm digging a grave, God yeah. is digging a well. I was thinking about that as you were saying is that our mind is such a powerful tool, but so many times, I don't know if you're like me, I have to be so careful because my mind goes to the negativity. And that just drags yeah. me down to the depth in the wilderness, in the wasteland. And I'm just, but I love that thought. Of well, what the, the mind, said. the mind is a powerful tool. And sometimes that tool is a shovel yeah. and you are digging yourself a grave. Like you're just, it's just, yeah, it's, this is all you focus on is digging that grave. But while you're digging the grave, you think you're digging the grave, but God is actually using that very thing to dig a well in your life. When I love this thought of what Hagar was doing, Hagar at that point, is thinking my dream is yeah. dead and I'm walking to death. Mm. And all the while God is bringing her to a place of life. Yeah. The, when you look at this story, think about this. God dug the well long before Hagar needed it. Yeah. Like he dug the well long before she needed it. And then he led her right to it. Like she thought she was being led to her death, but God was leading her to life. This is, this is what God is doing for you and for me. He's mm -hmm. already, he's all, listen, he's already digging wells in your future. Mm -hmm. How powerful is that right now? When you think about what you're facing, what you're going through, yeah. the struggle, like in the midst of this, God is already digging a well in your future. Yeah, I love that. And he knows where you're going and he's preparing. He's preparing what needs to be there. I love that. I like what the prophet Isaiah says, Isaiah 43, 19. This is your go-to scripture. And it says this, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? In other words, God opened up Hagar's eyes. Do, do you not see what I'm doing? I will make what? Say this with me. 
a pathway pathway through through the the wilderness. wilderness. I will create what? Say this with me. Rivers Rivers in the the dry wasteland. I was going to say wasteland and I skipped the dry. But this is your, this has been your go-to scripture for decades. Yeah. Like over 25 years. Matter of fact, um, for some of you, you know that we just went to Ethiopia in January. That was my verse. I just kept praying and kept praying and kept, kept saying it over and over. We got the pleasure of training 170 yeah. leaders. And launching a church while we were at it. Yep. Core, Core Church, church Addis is coming soon. I'm yeah. super excited about that. Yeah. And while we were there, one of the things we wanted to do is we wanted to visit a place called Cary 117. Mm-hmm. And so the day came that we could go. It was so hot. And um, man, uh, the kids, the boys over I Am Not Forgotten, uh, we got to go and get in the in the van and go to carry 117. But when we got to the village, it was hardly even a street. And we were like in this van and we're all pushed together. And we get in there and we look up and what we think we're seeing is a, a very large hill and it's a dump. That is all the dump for 5 million people. Yeah. In Addis Ababa. It was so crazy. It looked like a hill, but the hill was made completely of trash. And all of these people in this village, that was how they survived. Yeah, they live there actually on purpose because they eat from there. Um, They work at the dump. They take things from the dump. They literally dumpster dive. And they take things, they sell it so they can have food. It's just crazy what I think about because I'm thinking like, you know, you you go dumpster diving for trinkets for our yeah. house. They Nick go has. dumpster diving to stay alive. Yeah. Like they go there just to find anything they could sell, to find anything they can eat. And, and when we were going through, um, what you know, you see on their website, it's so sharp, you know, carry 117. But, you know, honestly, we go into where they've got this building. It's just some girls sewing on the sewing machine and there was a guy there showing them how to sketch and draw and they actually sell these earrings from there we bought on site they make bags and all that income goes straight to the women and the women then can single moms women they can feed their family they can let their kids they can help their kids go to school and they can pay rent and so this is a great organization but when i was walking out of there that day something very special happened. I saw a girl walking in the distance and it was like God was just having me look at her and she had a baby on her back. Really, she, it was just the epitome of everything that was going on there is that they're helping women get back their dignity. Yeah, I felt like when that picture is like looking at Hagar and it's like looking at Eshmael because I don't know if you can see it in the picture, but she has a baby on her back. Mm-hmm. And this lady is headed towards the garbage dump. Yeah. Like Hagar headed into the wilderness. And right in the middle of this wilderness, God dug a well called Carrie 117, rescuing women like that out of poverty. Like when you say, hey, there's just no way. Yeah. Guess what? That's a very true statement. There's no way when it's your way. There's no way when all, like all I can see is wilderness around me. There is no way out of, there is no way without God. But when God opens your eyes, he shows you a pathway in the wilderness. He creates, he's the creator. 
He is. It's actually, he's using the verb. He's saying, I'm making a pathway. I'm actually creating a river right in the middle of your desert. Mm. I love that scripture because it really shows what God is creating in the difficult, in the times of crisis. This is who our God is. This is, this is what he wants to do for you today. Our God is all about digging wells in the wilderness. When you're digging a grave, he's digging a well. There is a well in your wilderness. We serve a God who sees you, hears you when you cry. We, we serve a God and we have a God on our side that is that is walks with you, that even when you walk away, he is going to walk with you. And he resurrects you, he restores you, he renews you. He is always about doing new things. And I think in the middle of all this, what if in the middle of your wilderness, what if you said, you know, I'm gonna stop. Yeah. I'm gonna turn my eyes to heaven because mm-hmm. heaven hears me when I cry. Yeah. And God's gonna show me the way out of this wilderness. So when I come out of this, I'm better and not bitter. Yes. 